For instance, one story goes like this. Miles was about 11 years old, and his brothers were about 14 and 15. They were in Neverwinter with uh, a few of the other older boys, uh, Miles being the youngest, and his best friend Nigel was also um, tagging along with the group, mostly because Miles was there. Nigel was the same age as Miles. They were out one evening, um, kind of late, uh, a little after sunset, which is quite dangerous actually in Neverwinter. It's not too bad. It wasn't a rough part of town or anything like that. But some of the other boys took them uh, to a place where they said they had seen a window of a wizard. They said, yeah, every night the window glows with an eerie red flickering light and then smoke and steam comes out from a portal and of course they wanted to go see so they sneak through the alleyways and they look up at um, a third story window in a tower this was obviously a um, another nobleman's uh, not nobleman, but someone who is well-to-do. And just as they had said, the window was glowing with an eerie red light flickering in the open hole there. There was some purple cur curtains uh, blowing in the breeze, but for some reason, they seemed to be blowing outward as if there was a wind inside of the room. And then out on this wind did come a steam, a smoke, that spilled out um, low, like some slow-motion water. The boys gasped at this, and they listened closely, but they couldn't. They couldn't hear anything except for a, a low, unusual, humming, breathing, whistling noise. They dared each other to go look. Well, first of all, it would have been quite dangerous because this was a third story window regardless. And there was no obvious way up to even look through the window. It was a tight alleyway. And it was the corner of a large stone house um, that um, almost butted up against other houses. Well, as they were daring each other to look, Miles was already running for the house next to the tower. Nigel was the first to notice Miles as he was halfway up a water spout, uh, climbing easily. And then the other boys started to look and gasp as he reached the top of the water spout. Um, it was only a one-story house, but then how would he get to the awning? 
The awning stuck out from over top of the house by a good two feet. So he would need to climb upside down to even get on top of this roof, this first story roof. He reached up with his hands and then... So Miles reaches upside down, holding onto the downspout with his legs and grabbing onto the edge of the roof with his fingers. Then he shimmies a little bit further out underneath the awning and then reaches up with his hands. But as he pulls up with his hands, he pushes his weight onto the stone slate shingles and um, one of them gives, well, two of them give way underneath his hands and he slips and the stone shingles crash down and he is actually hanging upside down by his legs. But he is able to, instead of uh, trying to stop his momentum, he pushes all the further, bending himself backwards in half and then grabbing the downspout below him with his hands and letting go with his feet, essentially doing a backflip um, in air and grabbing onto the downspout before he falls to the stone road below. All of the boys hold their breath. And then Miles um, takes a deep breath, catches it, and smiles. And then continues to climb up. Because now the shingles aren't in the way, he can hold on to the boards of the roof, which are strong and firm. And he uses those to pull himself up. So standing on top of the roof, he scurries up to the point. And now he's already halfway as high as the tower window that he's trying to get to. He looks up and he still can't see, but he does see the room glowing and breathing. He hears the noise, the <sighs> all the more. And he gets more excited, more curious to see what is through the window. <clears throat> so he, luckily the houses are built rather close together. And this alleyway is only about in between the two houses. There's the road, which is quite wide. It's a road, but the one that he's on is right next to the tower. And the alleyway is only about Eh, three to four feet wide. Enough to make you double check before thinking about jumping over it. But Miles doesn't usually think. He trusts in his instincts and he trusts in his body, even as a, even as a child. So this 11-year-old takes a couple steps back and then runs forward and leaps off the peak of the roof and jumps and actually is able to land and perch himself on the stone archway of, a, of the second story window. And with his hands quickly reaching out and finding notches in the stone to hold himself as he slams his own face into the wall. Um, some of the boys actually covered their eyes for a moment as he leapt into the air, not knowing where he was even going to land. <laughs> 
but then he was able to. He found a few more stone holds, and he began to climb his way up to the window. He reached his hands. The smoke seemed to pour out over him. It was cool, actually. Um, it didn't hurt, but he could hear the breathing, the whistling noise getting louder and louder. So then his fingers curled over the edge of the over the edge of the window. And he pulled himself up. Peeking through. Slowly, his muscles straining as he tried to just look over only with his eyes, not making any sudden movements. The curtains blew around him, and he could see into the room. It was all filled with a dark red light flickering. He couldn't quite see where it was coming from. And the smoke, yes, was filling up the room to about the window's height. And then he smelled in the smoke, actually a pleasant aroma, a bit of a, a minty, tangy smell. It was kind of nice. He breathed it in deeply in it. He could feel it go into his lungs and actually give him more breath. He, was, he liked it. And the room, although it flickered red, didn't seem to flicker ominously. It was actually kind of an inviting, pleasant color. And then suddenly a face pops into his view. Hello, are you a peeping Tom? And he nearly fell backwards in fright, almost letting go, letting himself go low. And then he peeks up again. And he sees a girl about his age in her night clothes. Um, standing there, she has um, shoulder-length blonde hair, well-kept. He assumes that she's of noble birth, and his muscles are now straining. She, she says, oh, no, 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 don't fall, don't fall, come up, come up here, please, please. And she starts to pull on his hands, not that she could move him at all. But he then pulls himself up and comes in, comes up onto the window and sits on the windowsill. She says, what are you doing out there? How did you get out there? She says, he says, are you, are you being kept by a wizard or something? Are you, are you a, to be a sacrifice? As she's standing there in a, a pure white gown, his mind starts making up stories. She says, no, th this is my bedroom. Well, <clears throat> what's all this smoke and this, this red light? She says, no, I, I have trouble breathing. And, and the smoke helps me. It was given to me by a wizard, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not held prisoner. No, no, I just, sometimes I, I can't sleep because it's so bad and I get scared of the dark. So 
he gave me this red light to help me sleep too. He looks over and there's a candle um, flickering just under some red glass. A couple candles actually to illuminate the room. And the glass, uh, a red glass bowl sits on top of a, a metal frame and is actually able to spin freely and cast shapes around the room as it has carved into it stars and moons and little animals. And it spins softly. And then also over on the table, on a, kind of a desk next to the girl's bed, he sees a another bowl right side up, and out of it is bubbling this smoke. And next to it are these uh, strange cubes and rocks. She says, oh, watch this. And she takes one of the rocks and throws it in the bowl and out bubbles even more of the steam and smoke and fog as it fills the room. And then she takes a pinch out of another jar and drops in some leaves and uh, the pleasant aroma grows stronger. She, and she breathes it into her mouth and her nose. And she says, it helps a little bit. My tongue, my lungs get so tight and I, my chest hurts and burns and I can't seem to get enough air sometimes and it helps me. <laughs> Miles smiles and thinks to himself, he, he looks uh, out of the corner of his eye at the boys and then suddenly throws himself into the room lashing around on the ground screaming oh no no stop help ah! and she's like no no stop that you're gonna get us both in trouble they hear you um and he then he then he cups his hand over his mouth quickly and cuts out his own voice mid-scream and then he listens at the window and he pulls the girl over and they creep up to the window and put their ears out to listen. And they hear the boys startling and, and, and discussing in murmured whispers. And then they hear footsteps as some of them run away down the alleyway. Um, Miles takes his handkerchief in one of his shoes and throws it out the window. as if maybe he had been eaten and a monster was spitting out his clothes. And he explains in a whisper to the girl and she peeks her head out the window. And then getting the joke, she stands up firmly and walks over to the window um, and stares down at the boys and points with her fingers as the air moves her white gown and she's backlit by this red light. She stares at the boys until the rest of them run off in fright. Miles and her have a good chuckle about this. Um, he learns her name, but unfortunately, um, they talk for hours for a while, but then he's got to get back. Um, she's able actually to sneak him through the house, even though he would prefer to climb out the window, but she wouldn't let him do that again. 
and then he goes home. But it wasn't long after that, but because of her breathing problems, they decided that they needed to, the family needed to move to a more remote location. Miles felt that uh, this was quite the reward for his efforts. And um, all of his climbing and acrobatics and bravery was gifted by, was rewarded by a pleasant evening talking with this girl. And she was happy for his company also. He went back to the boys and made up a story about how a witch had tied him up and locked him in a closet um, next to several bodies, but he was able to escape and sneak back to the house when the witch went out to gather more supplies to cook him. The boys didn't believe it, but he didn't care. Um, He had enjoyed himself. And this is just another example of some of the many adventures Miles had. He did end up telling his best friend Nigel the truth about what had happened and the nice time he had had that night and uh, how he... There are rewards for those who bravely go where no other person has gone before. <laughs>